am, am now remembering just how much of season one of this television show each episode includes like a, a a licensed song. You ever you ever watch a TV show and are instantly yanked by the collars back through a time machine when an episode of Community ends with "Home" by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, <laughs> <laughs> just ripped back into the year two thousand nine, or the the an episode later that uh, what's her name's oh I'm gonna forget it completely. There's a chick that's in Glow. With Annie, that is a singer, and her and her song is at the end of the the dance episode. Oh, uh, Kate Kate Bush. Kate. Kate Nash. Kate Nash. Kate Nash. Kate Nash. Kate, Kate Nash. Nash. Yeah, I was three fucking seasons into Glow before I realized that was Kate Nash, just... even though she looks and sounds exactly like Kate Nash. Yeah. Which one's Kate Nash? Kate Nash is the redhead in Glow. Um, that's not Britannica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I couldn't think of her name. Yes. Oh, wow. She's married to Bash. Hello, I'm Britannica. Yeah, I saw her She name has a real name, credits. too, but I can't remember. I saw her name in the credits, and I was like, Kate Nash? There's no way. And then, like, Googled That's Kate Nash, and was like, oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Oh, dang. That's fucking... They got Kate Nash for this show? <laughs> damn. Dang. Oh, damn. They got Mark Maron for this shit? Oh, damn. Oh, I just watched the movie, and Mark Maron showed up in it. Uh, yeah. Almost Famous? No, Spencer Confidential, the new Mark Wahlberg movie on Netflix. You can't prove to me that's real. It's Mark Wahlberg and the guy <laughs> who plays M'Baku in uh, Black Panther. Hell yeah, Winston Duke. Woo! That's Winston my boy Duke. right there. Winston Duke. Us yeah. is Winston Duke. Winston Duke plays a guy named Hawk who's yeah. like into like herbalism and like chi and <laughs> and like he like rubs oh. the dog and like tries to throw oh. off the bad energy and like but they get caught up in like hunting down corrupt cops because Mark Wahlberg's character is, of course, a disgruntled Boston police officer. <laughs> what? Are you telling Not- me that Mark Wahlberg is a dis... What? Next you're telling me that he thinks he could have stopped 9-11 if he was on those planes. Yeah, and that... Uh, he- hey, guys, I don't think this is a semi-truck. I think it's a Transformer. I think it's just a Transformer. I'm from Texas. I'm an inventor in Texas. I'm Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> How's it going, cat? <laughs> How's it going? Uh, please, uh, when two Boston police officers are murdered, ex-cop Spencer, which is spelled incorrectly, teams <laughs> up S- with his yeah. no-nonsense roommate Hawk to take down criminals. Not those specific criminals. Other criminals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Different <those> criminals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a very good moment the... where Winston Duke looks at him when they're arming up to go after people. And he grabs a shotgun, and Mark Wahlberg's character, Spencer, goes, no, 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 I get the shotgun. And Winston Duke says, my name's Hawk. That's the name of a dude with a shotgun. Spencer does your fucking taxes. And I was like, I needed Winston Duke to come at like this whole movie with that level just the whole time. Winston Duke deserves like a midnight run or a, or a rush hour or something to that extent. He does not deserve Spencer Confidential and Mark <laughs> no. Wahlberg. Winston we wish better for Winston Duke in this trying time. Praise. Uh, did you guys watch the, uh, uh, oh, we did. You didn't person of interest. Winston Duke is a crime boss in that show. What? For like six or seven episodes. And he's incredibly good. Everything you tell me about person of interest makes me more interested in person of interest. It <laughs> makes you personally yeah, interested nice. in person of interest. I am personally interested in this show that stars fucking Michael Emerson from Lost. I was, uh, uh, But here's the problem. That's CBS All Access, baby, and I have none access. Yo, it's that Netflix. Is... It's Netflix, homie. Oh, 
It's what? a Netflix show through and through, homie. That's where I watched oh, it. And I sick. almost started it over again this week. Oh, oh sure. sick. Jim Caviezel in 103 episodes. Michael Emerson in 103 episodes. Yeah. Amy Acker in 65 episodes. Wow, yeah. what a show. What a show. What a show. You have remarkable IMDb skills. I have to say, like, every time you Thank pull you. up information, I don't even realize you're looking for it. It's just there. Here's the thing. This is the first time I've opened IMDb in the history of this show. Beyond looking lie. at who directed no each episode of Community, uh, I just have this really dumb, dumb, horrible brain. Yeah. I just have this terrible brain that retains this kind of fucking information. Yeah. I'm this yeah. fount of bullshit. You should have... My my long-suffering girlfriend, just a couple hours ago, I was <laughs> talking to her about the streaming rights of the Drew Carey show. Like, this is just how my brain works. This is I just, just I don't know what's scarier, whether, like, like, to me, like, because now that I have to look <laughs> at it, is it scarier that you potentially could have had such fast IMDb skills? Or is it scarier that you don't need IMDb in the first place? For Again, I am just looking up which Russo directed these community episodes, and that is essentially uh, all of my IMDb on the course of this show. Also, hey, for, what it's, for, Russo. for what it's worth, I've used IMDb for the same reasons. Yeah, just it's just looking like, up oh, directors. which Russo was this? <laughs> but I feel like Kevin and I share a, a unique affliction where the base of information our brain allows us to keep is only useful if you host a podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's it. I, this is that my, makes me feel uh, a little better because y'all will make references constantly and I just kind of sit back and go. Yeah, don't feel thing. bad. Don't feel bad. Don't if feel anything, bad. if you're going to feel bad about anything, feel bad for us. Because we're yeah. constantly wanting to talk about shit no one cares about. <laughs> yeah, this is. Uh, oh, no, I am, that's fine. I'm, Y'all have made a I'm glad that two people thing, agreed so like... to sign on to my madness. <laughs> I'm so glad that oh, I did. You've you've read the Latin from the Necronomicon. You're fucked now. It's in, over. In one of the most ironic. I got perhaps... that one. I got Yay! that reference. <laughs> in one of the most ironic and perhaps coincidental happens happen happenings that's happened to me. Good job with that sentence, fuck up. The happening with Mark Wahlberg? Uh, Is that what you're talking yeah. about? <laughs> six, six degrees, man. I was talking to friends about doing a community... Kevin Bacon. Doing a community... <laughs> just fucking <laughs> shots, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I was talking to several friends about doing a community rewatch podcast because it was coming to Netflix, and they all were like, eh. And the next day, Kevin on Facebook was like, I should. I think I'm going to do a podcast. And I was like... Hey, is this is this uh, not serendipitous? <laughs> uh, that's that's what we call. Uh, I don't know about fate, but that's an aligning of some nerdery. The fucking nerd astrology stars aligned, yes. and uh, fucking the Andromeda strain was put into its collection. Yes, yes. Oh man, I watched that remake. All six you days. Fucking Andromeda. I didn't. <laughs> I watched the remake. It was. <laughs> Wasn't that a Christian Slater? A joint? <laughs> oh, a joint. Yeah, he uh, directed it. He's the fucking auteur of the Andromeda strain. Uh, uh, yikes. Yeah, I. Uh, let's see. The Andromeda strain. Ooh, from 2008. No, it's... Uh, if you thought it was Christian Slater, it's one of those bargain bin <laughs> Christian Slaters. <laughs> it's a lookalike. It's yeah. like when you go to Best Buy looking for Transformers, but you can only find Transmorphers. Uh, you got fucking uh, Benjamin Bratt. Oh, Ben um, Brad. Yeah, sure. Benjamin sure, sure. Brad. Uh, you do have Close Daniel Day Kim from TV's Lost, which is exciting. You have Viola Davis for three fucking episodes, because this was like 2004 when you could get Viola Davis. 
Isn't dude from um, Travelers in this too? Uh, mm. uh, 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 what's that guy's name? I'm, I'm not sure. Can't help you. Oh, you have Andre Brower for four episodes. Damn, this show only lasted four episodes, but they pulled. They pulled some folks. It was a yeah. It was a mini. It was a mini series. It was a. Oh, mini. It was a mini. Okay. They told the whole. They told the whole story of the movie, but in four TV episodes. Wow. I think in in a book. I know we geek folks are not good at books, but like <laughs> I think I think it's a Crichton. It is a Crichton. It is absolutely a Crichton. Okay, it sounds like a Crichton. If it looks yeah. like a Crichton and it smells like a Crichton. Oh yeah, like Crichton. Uh, Eric Mc- Eric McCormick is the guy from Travelers on Netflix. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't think of his Roger name. Rod. I can see his dumb face though. <laughs> I can. It's burned into my memories. Can yeah. never forget. Oh, it's burned into my memory because of fucking Will and Grace. Thanks, mom. That's what it was. My you mom, hyper conservative Christian, loved Will and Grace. I do not know why. That was the thing about Will and Grace. Will and Grace was this, like, the the clockwork orange brainwash machine for <laughs> uh, bigoted Christians with the gays. You, they just, like, sure. Will and Grace held their eyes open and allowed them to see gays as people. It was this incredible <laughs> phenomenon. Because they were already watching NBC Must See TV Thursdays. And sure. it was just, it pumped into their eyes. This was the fact their, that like, these were oh, people. there can be normal. They also binge watch television. Yeah. Oh, they can be on shows. <laughs> You're yeah, telling, I, I don't, they let I don't Sean Hayes I, on TV. I definitely didn't hear about Will and Grace from the other gays in my community. Let's just no, say you, that. No. Um, I am. I am curious to how the culture currently judges Will and Grace. I've not read yeah. any long-standing thick pieces. I'm wondering how Will and Grace has has aged in time. Do you guys like Big Bang Theory? No, it's. I used to. I used to love Big Bang Theory. People, uh, let me. Before geeks you... are too hard on it. It's not. It's <laughs> okay. not the worst show you've ever seen. It's fine. Am I? It's, is it okay? It's, if it's I an pass? easy target. It's an easy target. It's definitely like it's 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 fun to make fun of. I. It's fine. Is is it? Uh, do I like it now as much as I did when I was in high school? Absolutely not. Did I love it in high school? Fuck yeah, I did. Yeah. Do you trust your high school like, brain was, to have good judgment about anything anymore? I mean, it was just like at a, at a certain point, like no matter how you feel about the show and like certain bad writing things or character developments, however you feel about it, there is something really accurate about these people. Like they're like yeah. like being in like nerd programs in high school and being around also adults, like fully grown adult scientists and comic book nerds. I was like. This is kind of fucking spot on. Yeah, yeah. I have two things to say. One uh, is in reference to your <laughs> liking things when you're younger and not holding any weight when you're older. I once <laughs> tweeted in my after my senior year, my freshman year of college, I once tweeted that dubstep is the epitome of human creation. That is a thing I will live with for the rest of my life. <laughs> But you said that non-ironically? No, I meant it. Uh, and the second thing, um, when I watched Big Bang Theory, my first thought was, this is a show about nerds written by jocks. Interesting. Because the characters are real, but they're hyper... They're over, overtly stereotypical about different types of nerd. Sure. My favorite, my favorite scenes from that show are like when they get into a debate about whether or not Superman catching Lois Lane would snap her neck, 
because yeah, I've had that that's conversation. So that's a very yeah. real conversation. The physics but, of comic books is like such a wonderful and like the physics of superheroes is just like a time tested nerd discourse topic. Exactly. And they um, do I used have to say actual some... nerds on that on that production team. Like they'll put like Easter eggs of like math jokes on the whiteboard in the background, and they wouldn't be able to do that if they didn't actually have like mathematicians and stuff on board. But I think you're right; it's definitely written more so by like comedian slash like popular Hollywood people. But that's also because it's a it's a comedy, you know. You gotta, I mean, even in Community, they're like they're based on real people, but they definitely crank it up for the jokes. Exactly. I used to say some fucking heinous shit about, like, the Big Bang Theory. I used to call it nerd blackface. So that's, like, my uh, dark... Yeah, exactly. Just the worst shit in the entire world, as if it mattered at all the Big Bang Theory's quality. Um, Because now I watch it, I'm like, oh, this is on the same relative plane of quality as, like, the IT crowd. You know, it's it's the same, like, basic level. It's just, like, whether or not you find one show's sense of humor funnier than the other. But it's not, it's a fine enough television program. It's not the worst thing you've ever seen. You know, community takes its share of, like, nerds don't have sex jokes. So it's not like The Big Bang Theory is the laziest show I've ever seen in the entire world. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, sure. Uh, so before we begin, this is, of course, uh, Advanced Community Studies, a podcast about community, sometimes mostly. Uh, I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and my basketball team is really gay. <laughs> my name is Jace, and I really love dumplings. That's not a reference. I'm just hungry. <laughs> uh, my name is Caleb, and I'm just a lowly carpenter named Jesus. Named Jesus. No, you just said your name is Caleb. Uh, so uh, uh, last week on the show, uh, we we awoke uh, the Jeff Winger waifu wars. Um, and I did, I was curious how all of our new Twitter friends and followers uh, uh, would weigh in on the on the who should Jeff Winger end up with uh, plane. Uh, and I did stage a Twitter poll uh, that did get 164 votes. <laughs> Which is a big number of votes um, at Greendale Three. Oh no! Yeah. So here, so I will say before when when this had like twenty votes, it was like Slater and Annie neck and neck. I thought Slater could maybe pull this one out, and then the greater community, online fan community, caught on to uh, the poll, uh, and uh, and the votes definitely shifted. Um, so in last place, uh, with 7.9% of the I'm votes is Professor Slater. for other slash none. Yes. Uh, so in last place is, uh, Slater with 14% is other slash none. Now we didn't have any write-in candidates for none. Uh, we had one write-in candidate for the Dean. Um, <laughs> we had one write-in candidate, uh, for Abed and Annie. Uh, so that's, uh, kind of a separate topic. Uh, but uh, we did have Cute. we had we had one write-in candidate for Abed, <laughs> straight Pottery up Abed. Uh, yeah, we had one write-in candidate for Doc Potterywood, which I'm for. I I like that ship quite a bit. Um, a lot of uh, pro Brita content, and then for there was some nasty shit said in this comment section. People got very vicious with each other. 
And uh, I want I want the Greendale Three uh, Twitter to be a peaceful place of love and harmony and talking about community. Uh, in uh, second place, twenty four point four percent of the votes uh, is Britta, and with an overwhelming majority, it is Annie, fifty three point seven percent of the votes. Now we don't, you know, we can continue with our own private chips and our own private time. I just, that just uh, kind of wrinkles thought... in my brain. I didn't expect that. Season six, Annie's the randomly. only okay Annie because she's 24 at that point. If you say they should be together before that, you're a creep and an asshole. <laughs> you're kind I of. Yeah. That's why I think that's why it was weird to me because I remember first time seeing it, I was like, ah. Yeah, she's literally 18 when Jeff kisses her the first time. <laughs> I mean, it's not much better in six years. He's also six years older than he was. Like they're both. It's it's still the same age gap. It's it's still weird to me. Yeah, I'm, but season six, I'm not Annie's, on Annie's season Jeff six Annie's like mature and an adult. Yeah. And season I'm one Annie's Jeff, like Jeff's still fucking Jeff though. So <laughs> unfortunately for everyone, Jeff Winger is still Jeff Winger, uh, which does pose a problem. Uh, but uh, this is we're about to discuss the episode uh, where the Jeff and Annie thing begins. Uh, season one, episode nine, debate one oh nine, written by Tim Hobart, directed by Joe Russo. Uh, so that is which Russo has directed this episode. Um, what? An excellent episode of television. This is the first episode of Community that I'm like, this is an A. This is a solid fucking stamp A for what season one Community is capable of. We really jump into some of the meta stuff, too. As someone that has always been gravitated toward meta, when done well, because when it's done poorly, it's terrible. It's insufferable, yeah. It's insufferable. But one of the things that community does well is meta. And this is when we really start to see it do really well with the meta. With um, Abed casting an entire, like, Troy runs in and he goes, have y'all seen the film website for this school? All of Abed's (laughs) films are up on there and they're all about us. And he's recast the entire study group. And he goes on to make a series of predictions that inevitably come through. Leading up to the uh, best one at the very end where the dean says, it's a full moon tonight. And then Abed gets very concerned for Shirley because he thinks she's going to get attacked. That there is about to be a, a werewolf, werewolf attack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, excellent. So this is the first right and proper Jeff and Annie episode as well. Not just them as a pair, but them as two characters on a television show. Um, and there is a great... Uh, sense of character and repartee and their their back and forth is fucking sharp as it'll ever be. Uh, so this is a this is a fucking knockdown episode. Plus you get you get the dean returns. You get Professor Whitman. I think it's stacked, folks. I've got a stacked fucking ep here. <laughs> oh, nice try, time? Bruce. Nice try. <laughs> <laughs> I I I cannot state whether or not that joke has aged well. I do think it's very funny. I do think the Wait, gay basketball team. The cartoonishly gay basketball team is very funny to me. It's so specically like YMCA 70s gays, though. And yeah, it's that, they that's all so have strange mustaches about and it. tiny shorts. Like their their captain is Freddie Mercury in basketball shorts. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Only like twinkier, you know? It's, yeah, like, it's impressive. Yeah. No, it's something. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> It's also, yeah. they managed to turn a bit into a plot device when when he goes, he goes the dean's like, hold on, we have the debate thing. And then he's like, we have this, the gym's scheduled. We had it planned out. He goes, oh, you know what? You're right. That's on me. We'll have they this, did. we'll finish this up. We'll do that. We'll take it back tomorrow. 
And it completely just allows them, you know, Jeff and Annie to have that, that moment of bonding and do the work. Exactly. Uh, it could have been like a two-day debate, but they they decided to use a callback joke to like enhance the stakes, and that's just that's, yeah. a, that's such a smart little writing touch. It's smart efficiency of story. <laughs> Is this the first time that we see City College? Yes, I do mm-hmm. believe so. Uh, yep. This is the introduction of uh, City College and its star debater, uh, Jeremy Soulpatch Simmons, uh, who okay. never comes back. I was always surprised at every instance of City College returning. They never bring back Simmons. Well, it's because they got Dean Sprick, and they didn't have Dean Sprick in this. <laughs> yeah, when they introduced the mm-hmm. idea that all community college deans are these, like, life, bald, <laughs> effeminate, pansexual beings. pansexual, yeah. Oh, is... Is is this the one I might be jumping ahead? Is this also the episode where Dean is by himself in his office watching a video of a of like someone dressed up as a Dalmatian covered in muscles? Is that this I one or the next one? I think it's the next one. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Um, I'll table it. Don't worry about me. The introduction of the Dean as uh, this uh, uh, a man with uh, interesting sexual promiscuities uh, or, or proclivities. Sorry, interesting. <laughs> That's a word for it. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a fucking something. Another another touch I love in this episode is that um, this is a rare occasion on a on a sitcom where you will see these characters. Our our heroes are arguing that mankind is evil, and yes, it's in the context of the of the debate where you are assigned a position to defend. But I think that is a subtly very interesting. Uh, angle that this show can take uh, because they they have to argue for the worst side of mankind. Yeah, and I think you can argue that like uh, the relationship with the study group and a lot of the people they interact with over the next five and a half seasons after this episode uh, continues the debate. It also allows for a really great montage moment where you know there's just close-ups of their mouths as they go back and forth between good and bad things. Mm-hmm. Nuclear bombs, nuclear families, like really <laughs> a boo <great>. grave, <laughs> a boo from The Simpsons, a boo from The Simpsons, just like which and and my how the last eleven years have changed the perception of a poo from The Simpsons. Yeah, in the, yeah, in the yeah. It's no longer an um, argument that can be made for man is good. Yes. Uh, you can debate really whether or not was, man is but... evil because of Apu, but it's certainly, he is not a net good. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Definitely not he's... net good. No, he's only a good if you, like, offload your stocks right before, or right after you have a brief a briefing meeting about the yeah. coronavirus. <laughs> that, that actually, for those of you listening at home, that actually <laughs> happened. Yeah. Real, people, real politicians. It wasn't about Apu. Oh, it's okay. It's it's. <laughs> Kevin's like, like, wait, hold on. People Kevin had stocks like, Apu and they sold them. Wait, just a fucking second. Wait, just a fucking second. People bought a bunch of stocks in Apu and then sold them right before Disney Plus bought. They the bought stuff. a bunch of stocks in the Quickie Mart and they sold it before that went top up. <laughs> Yeah. I think this is also I, I we've been seeing a steady increase of Troy crying, and I think this is the first episode where he cries twice in one episode. <laughs> Which is why am I crying? Like, do I because like later in the show, later in this season, is it this season <laughs> or the second season? When's his birthday? I don't. Uh, the second season. So in the second season, the beginning of that episode, he's like, I don't. I know I don't cry much, but this really. <laughs> And it's like, what, dude? You cry. All you the cry time? every episode, dude. <laughs> Guys, so I good. never cry, but 
Uh, it's exceptional. This is one of his great uh, cry line deliveries of, Will I accidentally listen to Come Sail Away by Sticks again? <laughs> Which is so Why fun. is he from Georgia now? <laughs> uh, Donald Lover's from Georgia. I don't know. Yes, I don't know what to Donald tell Lover's you. That's Georgia. what he sounds there like when go. he cries. His Georgia <laughs> comes out. And I can confirm that I can confirm that African American grandmothers from Georgia do use switches as well, which we'll get to later. Which we will we will come back to in the oft reference uh, genealogy episode, the Family <laughs> oh. Day. Right. Oh, so good, so good. Oh so my god, I forgot about that one. Whoa, <laughs> what an episode! Whoa. That's the Catherine McPhee app. That's it's a big one, folks. It's uh, deep. That's the it's deep. introduction of Officer Kakowski. It's a big one, folks. Uh, we also, this episode, um, is perhaps the show's best effort so far in fusing all of its plot lines together at the end of the episode. Uh, whereas in the next episode we're about to talk about, they are three completely disparate elements. Uh, Debate 109 brings Abed's films and Britta's hypnotist smoking and the debate all together at the same time and, like, literally resolves those three plot lines bam, 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 as three different groups of people walk by Abed in this, like, great, deceptively, like, difficult and complex tracking shot of Abed, like, walks out of the gym, and then uh, Britta and Pierce walk by, and then Jeff and Annie walk by. It's this, it's such a... I didn't, like, it's done so seamlessly. That last shot, like, now, it it didn't register until you said that right now. That was a really difficult shot that they pull off so seamlessly that I, like, as someone that loves looking for those, because, like, I love being in those shots as an actor, like, Mm -hmm. being able to do those complicated, like, choreo with the camera stuff. Sure. Didn't even register because it just moves so nicely. Well, the trick, the Those... trick is the trick to doing. Well, I don't want to act like I know everything, but to Tell me, me the trick secrets, to DP. the trick to doing that is making Abed the focus of the shot, literally and figuratively. Right, like mm-hmm. the lens is focused on him, and you don't realize that initially because he, Britta, and are uh, he who's first, Jeff and Annie. He, yeah. Jeff and Annie, or I can't remember down. the exact order. Or he, he, he's right behind Britta and Pierce. I know that. Uh, and mm-hmm. she says something as they walk by, and then they go out of focus, but it stays on. It stays on. Abed. Oh, it's it's Abed and Shirley and Troy first, because then she can be like, oh, you know, uh, he thinks Pierce is a genius. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, and then Britta and, and Pierce off, can walk up and, then and, and say, Pierce, you're a genius. Yeah, and then he's like, like, oh no. And then it's full and moon tonight, the, and it's soft. Yeah. yeah, but Abed moves right to left, and the focus stays on him, and everyone else that passes goes from out of focus into focus beyond focal point again. So you think that they're the center of the scene, but Abed's the only one that's in focus and not moving. Uh, and so it allows them to just like line up these train tracks and connect all the cars so at once. Smart. It's really, really so good. Smart. It's so smart. It's this really elegant solution because those scenes are not better if you're cutting 14 times. They're they're better if you can work out this just beautiful, smooth entry and exit system. Because uh, and it's the best version of this kind of shot is that you you can completely not notice it the first 40 times you watch this episode. Yeah. Uh, and then you're finally like, wow, that was all one shot of like 12 main actors and a bunch of extras and they all have lines and marks and beats and they're pulling this off on weekly TV. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's what we were talking about before of like entrances and exits being really important for comedy but also just like if there were cuts there even if it wasn't about the entrance and exits if there were cuts there no matter how good of an editor you have 
pacing gets lost because there's a moment of shift of focus. And the thing that works about that is the pacing of the entrances and exits also is the perfect pacing for line deliveries. And it's like, it's this really kind of, it's this magical moment of everything falling into place all at once. It's, it's, it's so exciting. Isn't TV so fantastic? Can I just, can I just lament that we don't get Professor Whitman more than a little trick for achieving proper, what does he say? Proper competitive mindset. I always imagine my opponent having aggressive sex with my mother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Professor Whitman is so fucking good. He's one of my favorite supporting characters on this show. He does not appear after season one and he's only in season one, like one or two more times. He does not uh, stick around for the long haul. He's so um, but it's so, so good. I love this Wait, guy. There's also this great moment of physical comedy with Annie, Jeff, Dean, and Professor when they're trying to convince Jeff to do it. And they're, they're close he up, fakes right? them out. all <laughs> coming in and yeah, they're all coming in and out of frame. And then they pull back to like this double door situation that's both open. And Jeff just like goes right and <laughs> goes left and jukes out four people all at once. And it's so good. This amazing moment, especially because you can hear Dean's very clearly and very expertly placed improv, like, oh, oh, I, oh, I, oh, no. <laughs> I, oh. <laughs> it's so good. It's been ah, so good. Ah. It's that elegant, beautiful shit that this show is capable of. Uh, let's segue yeah. into uh, the next episode of Conversation, uh, season one, episode 10, Environmental Science, directed by Seth Gordon. That's not a Russo. And written by uh, Zach Pates. Uh, this is the first Jeff and Chang episode. Um, I yeah. think the first and last reference of Senora Chang. Uh, she is not a not a not a prevalent character. Uh, she looks like Katie Holmes, and she does not uh, stick around for a whole lot. She also is it, doesn't is it literally say the only a single time word. She, oh no, she shows up again. Um, she shows up again way down the road when they're investigating Changnesia, and that oh will make God. no fucking sense to any. Really? Yes, it's just because he's dialing a number on the phone, and Jeff records it, and then makes her come in and go. Would it, would it make you mad if I kissed her? And he's like, I don't know who you are, but if former me got to love you, then he was really lucky. Like, she shows up one more time. Sorry. Wow. Shows yeah. up one more time fucking three does seasons she, from now. Does, yeah. what does, a she, does she have any lines? Because she does not hear. She doesn't have a <laughs> single line in this one. <laughs> I'm becoming I don't know if very... she does, honestly. She might. I am... They kept this woman a silent character. Oh, God. I mean, honestly, it, it kind of makes sense considering that Chang never shuts the fuck up. But, like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's something I'm becoming, you know, because I've seen season one of Community 47 times. Uh, it's something I'm becoming aware of in this watch. Uh, maybe it's just because I know more about making shit now. Uh, is that they have a lot of characters who uh, are silent because you have to pay them more if they speak. Uh, mm-hmm. But it creates these very strange, and the, it I don't think it's a flaw with the show, it creates these very interesting issues of, like, consent and representation. So, like, uh, at the Halloween party, when Pierce is tripping balls and, like, touching this woman, because she's an extra with no line, she can't go, like, oh, no. And she can't, like, react at all. So she's just standing there like a plank while Chevy Chase, like, plays with her hair. 
uh, or or Simmons is like debate partner never speaks. He just like kicks a trash can for him. Uh, it's, so good. Uh, and then, I don't know how they pulled that off because he like they even like have like a cut to him just like crying in the background. <laughs> like they they show him off quite a bit. You're right. He doesn't say a single word. Not a single word. And it's just I don't know if you're a fucking dork about the production of television. Not even just like the mythology of the shows that you're watching. <laughs> uh, it's just these very interesting little characters that because they cannot speak, they have no agency in their own <laughs> scenes and moments. I don't know. It's a great show. Yeah. That's all we can say, honestly. What a, like, this podcast is over. You... We've said all we can say. It's a great show. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right, wrap it up, folks. It's over. Five episodes. I think we said everything we need to say. What else happens? Is it just... Is it just... It's really... This one's actually got a lot of focus, uh, this this episode. It's a lot of Jeff and Chang. I'm having a hard time thinking of what any of the side stories are. It's 90% well, Jeff and Chang. It's Troy and Abed and Fival, the, the mouse, yes. uh, oh, which is a plot well, line that has all of, like, three scenes. And then it's Shirley has to give a presentation in class where, like, it's one scene of Pierce coaching her, and then it's over. And then it's, like, the resolution. Where's Britta? Uh, Britta is kind of involved in the Jeff and Chang plot just in that she's like, the study group is disappointed you need to talk her, to Chang. Yeah. Jeff, are you using this situation to your advantage, Jeff? Yeah. That's her entire it's, role in this episode. I, Man, when, when Chang and Jeff start talking the first time, and Jeff's like about to prescribe what's wrong, and he's like, I dare you. I, you can try whatever you want to get through my impenetrable, and he's like, do your wife leave you? And he goes... <gasps> this is a sloppy episode of tv but ken jong is so fucking funny in this He's episode so good. Mm-hmm. if you don't i fail you he pulls out the jar of pickled bull testicles he goes are they are is are we to to eat one or are you just showing me and are you just... uh to eat or, co- or collecting <laughs> and then he just and then he just opens the jar ominously and then they cut to the next scene. I for some reason also fond very very fondly when I think of community think of I didn't realize it really is only like three scenes of Troy and Abed singing to the rat. Like this is because I mean aside from the fact it's so cute and so sweet that their so friendship develops in that way. Donald Glover being again a fucking comedic genius. He'd be like when he when he screams and gets on the table and everybody's laughing at me. Is like he goes, "Quit laughing! I'll be all your asses, but come up here because I'm not coming down there." <laughs> <laughs> and it uh, and it all ties together with this like lovely <laughs> musical underbed of them singing the song from fucking American Tale yeah. as Green Day, the Irish Green band, Day. plays. <laughs> Uh, it's it's, it's a, a lovely little musical moment. <laughs> yeah, it's also when the what's also when they come back to the group and Abed's like, we got five back, and they're like, really? And Troy's like, yeah. And Abed's gonna shut up about it now. <laughs> I, every deliver every line delivered by those two is just. It's so good. Um, do you both know the reason why this episode of Community was contractually obligated to at least kind of be about the environment? No. Interesting. No. I, I will. Forget. I will take that silence as a no. no. So in this mm-hmm. era of NBC, uh, oh, much oh like Greendale, NBC would have Green Week, and during Green Week, it only lasted like two or three years. So you can. 
in in season two, the Green Week episode is when uh, Annie and, and Britta, Britta build the diorama spill. of a cleaner tomorrow. It's not even the oil spill one, I don't think. I think oh, it's the, yeah. the conspiracy theory episode. And then by the time you get to season three, they just have completely abandoned that concept. But for uh, one week out of the programming year, every NBC show that aired that week had to have a plot line about the environment and mm-hmm. and a greener earth and building a sustainable future. So that's how on 30 Rock you get Greenzo and the 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 comedies of the era could handle it a lot better because you can yeah, whatever, this episode's about the environment. But if you're watching like season 2 of Heroes and there's like a big environmental <laughs> plot line, uh it's uh, it's this it was this oh, crazy moment that happened in in NBC love- history. I love Starburn's uh, line right there. Where he's like, "So we're renaming the school to Envirodale." He goes, "We're already called Greendale." <laughs> so good. And the dean's and like, goes, "I need more pamphlets. I, I'm trying to save the environment." We printed he's five like, thousand. Five thousand. So print five thousand more. We're trying to save the planet here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I love it. Um, it's a it's a slappy episode, but it's a funny episode. So. Uh, let me let me share my Skype screen again as I pull up uh, the great community rankings sheet uh, where we must rank episodes and end tags. Let's start with the end tag. So the These first are some end of my tag favorites. is um, the Abed's version of Troy and Abed doing the Spanish rap uh, and Donald Glover channeling every shitty NYU director he ever worked with. He's like, do you hate this? Do you hate do you, doing do this? You, do you, oh, do you hate this? I, the worst student this? directors I've ever worked with in my entire life. It is a perfect line delivery. Do you, do you hate Do you hate doing this? He goes, come here, give me, give me, give me, just, and just the whole, the finger to the actor's like, one second, just give me, which just, and then Abed just comes back, completely just like, have fun with it. <laughs> like as oh, if that's good. what Troy said to him. It's very good. It's very it's good. good. It's good. Science and tag. This is the first time I watched like twelve episodes of Community this weekend because I was having a bad weekend. Uh, so it it really uh, uh, fucked uh, with my ability to remember. Oh, it's Pepper Water. It's oh, Pepper and Water. Oh shit! This one it's is Pepper Water. I hope that's the little gun you distract us with while you pull out your bigger, more that's take to your back. back. <laughs> it's pepper. Who puts pepper in water? Oh, oh. okay, okay. So first, um, uh, do you hate this? I think do you hate this is beneath. Pierce's poop rap at number four and above oh, Coppelgang. I was gonna say above. I could also thing. move it down one. I was oh, gonna say I above. I, I was gonna say above Coppelgangers. I think that. Mm, yeah, I was gonna put it between like Batman Chat and Doctor Doogie Seacrest. I think. Wow. Because for me, it's it's simultaneously hilarious, but it also really leans into kind of the charm of their relationship in their meta ness, and it, it like functions a little like like I like for me that's what the whole. Sh- show is about for me so the fact that they pulled that into the end tag is why it's such a special end tag for me but like clearly i'm outvoted here my my issue with it is that i in that in that whole end tag i have one laugh i have one joke and it's do you hate this and beyond that it's kind of like inert (laughs) just on a comedy yeah for sure for sure 
Yeah. Okay. So That's I think uh, our new number five, do you hate this? Uh, which will help us <laughs> Spanish remember. Rap and 2.0. Then, uh, so you hate this Spanish rap 2.0. Uh, it's, it's one of those long uh, titles uh, like a music album would have. So, and then the uh-huh. next uh, uh, tag, Pepper Water. Pepper My Water nomination is, uh, would yeah. be... It's above Dr. Doogie uh, Seacrest for me. It's above Dr. Doogie Seacrest. I was going to put think it just below Batman. Dr. Doogie. No, nah, man, I can rewatch. Okay, so Dr. Doogie Seacrest is funny when it happens, but I, des- I directly look out, seek out Pepper Water <laughs> and watch it repeatedly because you can't focus on Troy or Abed the whole time because the reactions are so good. You'll be laughing yeah. at this one and then remember how good this one is and go back and forth. So I have mm-hmm. to watch it at least four times to catch like all of it, and it's like ten seconds long. Pepper Water is one of my favorites, though, so I would I will... I'll fight put for it, it. Put it. Put it on number three, then. I, I think All that's right. fair. Our new number three, Pepper Water. <laughs> I'm going to watch it after this. <laughs> oh, it's so funny, dude. It's so and it's like good. 10 seconds long. It's, it's like a fucking... It's so... a vine, basically. Yeah, it is. It's a vine. Oh, my All God. Right, why, now... didn't, why didn't the show come out when vine was a thing, and why didn't we get a Troy and Abed vine account? Oh, Yeah, the shit. closest we got, there were... Several uh, like community webisodes when like webisodes were a thing. Um, uh-huh. There was the straight A's of Greendale. There were like a few shorts about the study group, and then there was a full animated series of webisodes called Abed's like Magic Key or something like that. I have no idea about that. Well, nope. you're welcome. Uh, yeah. None of none of them are great, but you know <laughs> if you if you come across them, you're I welcome. Don't, know. <laughs> don't avert community. your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now we get now we get to the real shit. This is the hard shit right here. Yeah. Uh, our episode rankings currently at number one: football feminism and you. Currently at the bottom: Spanish one hundred and one. Uh, first, let's rank debate one hundred and nine, which will be my nomination for the new number one, folks. I'm gonna second that motion. There's too many moving parts and too many well executed moving parts for it not to be. Yeah, absolutely I think wonderful. S1, E9, Debate 109. We're moving to an episode I feel much less strongly about. Environmental science. (laughs) Environmental science. Oh, God, where are we going to put this? Uh, What happens in home economics? That is, Jeff uh, is living in his car. Vaughn creates Mm. his anti-Brita band. Um, I I would put it right underneath home economics. For me, it's like it's a funny enough episode. There's some great Chang in it, but it's not. It's never as good as Vaughn's two songs. It never no, gets above not. that that waterline. Is it funny? Is it funnier than um, Jamie Oliver throwing a tantrum though? John Oliver. That's what I meant to say. Jamie, Jamie Oliver isn't is Jamie a chef. Oliver like a chef? He is. He's a British <laughs> chef. It's fine. The Duncan principle plotline, it's fine. Uh, Troy is is very funny in that plotline. I mean, shocker. Uh, yeah, right. Donald Glover's really funny in that episode. Uh, uh, yes, just across the board. I would put I would put it above, or sorry, below I could, I, social I, psychology. I, I, below yeah, social would, psychology? I'm, I, I'm, I am. I'm, it's might be, it's like tied for social psych for me, so I don't know if it's like, if it's eight or if it's nine right now. I'm willing to go below Social Psych. I I don't feel particularly strongly about either of these episodes. 
Yeah, um, so fair. I'm perfectly willing to say uh, S1E10, uh, Environmental Science, is our new number nine. There we go. I and, think uh, I, environmental I, I, is a word I always have to stop and think about how it is spelled while I am typing it. <laughs> I think I think for me I have a it's get it's gonna get more and more difficult for me picking like wh- which episodes I like like better than others because for me Donald Glover will always stand out in every single episode and I'll always just be like yeah the episode was okay I can put it down there and then I'll remember last minute something Donald Glover did not it and I'll be like oh but Donald Glover does this. And I'll want to put it so yeah. much higher than it deserves to be. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and that's that's going to be the fucking struggle for uh, at least the first three seasons of this show. And then a yeah. little bit of uh, season five, maybe some season four. Uh, the the uh, everyone's favorite season of Community, season four, the one that Dan Harmon didn't work on. Uh, we all... <laughs> Gas leak season. The gas leak year. Uh, you know what? Uh, I've uh, as a as a current member of uh, community Twitter, I I don't think that season four of Community is as bad as its reputation. It is the worst season of Community, like by, sure, objectively right. by far. It is but, the I mean, worst also, season of Community. High bar, so like anything that's yeah. not at that level is by default going to be not as good. It's still well, also, I people, people like this shit on season six as well. And season six is very good to me. Oh, so. I quite like season yeah, six. Yeah, season six is very good. There's a little dip in there, but man, I am aggressively pro Frankie Dart. Uh, she fucking slays me every time. The um, if season four were, if season four of Community were any other show... It would. I would be like, oh, this is an interesting kind of like creative, fun show. Unfortunately, it comes after three fucking seasons of Community, and that is a tough <laughs> act to follow, yeah. as yeah. Uh, Jace has already said. So we've come to that time, uh, our end, the end tag of our own, uh, where it is time to talk about uh, what you are working on, folks. Uh, I'm just finishing up an article about a game that has controlled my brain for the last week and a half called Stardew Valley. I brought it, I brought it up last week. Yeah. Uh, I just wrote 2,000 hey. words about it. Hell yeah. Um, I have slowly moved, not even slowly, yeah, slowly, because we've played probably 30 hours at this point. I have I started as a, a focusing on animal husbandry, because that was like, fuck <laughs> it, I don't want to plant plants, but I'll raise cows and chickens. Um, great show, by the way, uh, Cow and Chicken. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Good reference. Well, well oh, executed. Fucking, again, <laughs> grabbed and yanked back into 2005. Yeah, forcefully. just teleporting people back to t- easier times, because don't we wish we could all do that? Um, simpler times. But uh, my, my handling of the animals has turned into me writing myself my own fiction of being this, like, I make craft beer now. I make oh. mead. I make high class cheeses and oh, I, make, yeah. I make jams and jellies and truffle you got that oils. bougie farm yeah they're all doing farming stuff and mining stuff and i'm down here making like literally the money on the farm artisan goat cheese <laughs> i make artisanal goods yes. i make artisanal <laughs> goods i got truffle oil goat cheese and pale ale let's go um, i love it uh yeah check uh check the greendale 3 twitter account for that article because we'll put it on there oh i appreciate that very much very much um but other than that uh just doing the podcast there's a chance um that we might be adding another podcast to the to the nerdy bits fold um and i will i will leave it at that um for those of those people who are excited um it's uh this american life you've bought npr (laughs) 
and have, have yeah, bought the rights it's to actually a, It's actually a tandem deal. I didn't have to pay them any up front so long as they gave me 5% of their profits for the next 20 years. <clears throat> oh, so zero dollars. No up. money at all. <laughs> go, my, go, uncle, go. my uncle launched his uh, Kickstarter Butcher Queen Part 2 for their uh, next the next chapter of their graphic novel that they kickstarted a couple of years ago. It is very oh, good. Cool. You should check it out. Uh, it is a basically sci-fi cyberpunk immigrant song about a female detective helping. It's incredible. You should check out Butcher Queen. 100%. I love that. It's in Kickstarter. I'm write that down right now. Butcher yeah. Queen. The Butcher Queen. Yes. The See, butcher. look, I even have a button to brag about it. Oh wow. For, for those of you who can't see this, it's a button that says Butcher, <laughs> butcher Queen. <laughs> Whoa. Amazing. I forgot wow. this is an audio medium for a second. No, it's, I, I thought it was funny to be like, I have a Butcher Queen pin, see? And I'm like, yeah, it's, it says Butcher Queen. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't have a single thing to plug. Um, just chugging along with the show that I've been working on that I mentioned in the first episode. Um, uh, uh, I don't have anything to plug. Um, everybody, drink water, wash your hands, and donate to a local drag queen or king or thing or just <laughs> someone that's in the working class and needs a little bit of help. Or, you know what? Give money to, to TV's Kevin Lanigan's Patreon. Why not, oh, you know? Hey. Oh, hey, thanks. Look at that. doesn't even have to do it. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. Uh, thanks, buddy. Uh, all yeah. right. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. If you want to uh, follow along with the show, participate in uh, fun polls, uh, that's at Greendale3 on Twitter. I'll also be posting the uh, Google Doc of our episode rankings so you can uh, follow along with that and yell at me, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> my my personal shit is at TV's Kevin Lanigan, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, check out uh, the Puffin Publishing Podcast, which is an improv comedy show that I do. And if you go on over to the feed of uh, Jan, the Jive Action Nerds, right now you can find um, our most recent episode, which is uh, me finding out through talking to my friends from college that I would, uh, my life would be literally very, very different uh, without the television show community. In many ways, it <laughs> quite actually like built... Uh, uh, my life and my friend group, and uh, without that, who knows where I'd be? Uh, so I that that episode I think is uh, very fun <laughs> and interesting. Uh, we also talk a lot about TV's Lost, uh, which is my other uh, absolute uh, great obsession. Uh, if you leave me on a microphone long enough, I will talk about Community and I will talk about Lost. Um, so there are those uh, and TV's Kevin Substack. Dot com uh, for all of my fiction writing and publishing. Uh, I'm taking a personal day this Friday, so I hope to be able to knock out a short story real quick, and I'll send that all to you. That's a 30-page short story that I'm giving you for free. TVskevin.substack.com. That about concludes this episode of Advanced Community Studies. We'll be back next week with an STD episode and a Christmas episode. Um, but until then, pop, pop! Oh, wait. If anybody's curious what Kevin would be doing without community, he'd be standing naked next to a mailbox covered in Vaseline, holding a note that says his name is Kevin and he has Changnesia. <laughs>
And that that joke will make oh, sense God. in twenty episodes of this podcast. <laughs> Stay tuned for several months in advance. <laughs> I guess if you're listening to this, you've probably fucking watched all of Community, so you get the Changnesia joke, even if you have tried to give yourself Changnesia to forget about it. Even if you have attempted to fucking <laughs> knock yourself over a head with a coconut until the memories fall out. I was just talking about how season four is not that bad, and then <laughs> But man, ooh, Changnesia, ooh, it's a thing. All right, I like the I like the Britta episode. That's what I got. It's always the same shot. I love it. First one, that's 03, and for which Johnny Depp is nominated for an Academy Award for Acting. Uh, Like a lead actor? Lead actor. He was nominated. He lost to... Oh, I even looked this up the other night, because it's like the 04 Oscars, which is when Return of the King wins every fucking Oscar, Mm -hmm. but, but that movie got no acting nominations. It won every technical award imaginable, director and screenplay but could not fucking clinch a single acting nomination. Um, That's wild. There's a lot of good actors in it. Exactly. And Depp is up for best lead actor, which I think is some category fraud. He is the supporting actor of that film. Um, But he is up for best lead actor. Um, And so is like Bill Murray for Lost in Trans. Sean Penn, that was Mystic River. That was the Mystic River year. Because Tim Robbins also wins best supporting. It's a damn shame. Can confirm. Uh, Wikipedia is confirming this. That's thank you, Wikipedia. I count on you uh, to remember all of my facts for me. And then, what's the Dead Man's Chest is your number two, 
um, where it takes a full hour for the movie to start. Like they're <laughs> they they spend a full hour on this cannibal island and eat, only much much later do we actually get to introduce the plot of the movie that we're watching. You have a much better recall on the Pi- on the POTC trilogy than I could ever hope to. Three is kind of fun. It's the dumbest movie you've ever seen, but it's kind of it's kind of fun. But you've gotten to the point in that franchise where like. Oh, the fortune teller is actually the god of the seas and transforms yeah. into 10,000 crabs. I and, remember this. And there's 14 Johnny Depps running around and it's Johnny Depp talking to Johnny Depp and I just I was I was no longer here for it. Hey, and but who uh, doesn't love Jack Sparrow voting for Elizabeth for Pirate King? That's a great moment in cinematic history. You know, we stand a male ally. We, you know, Jack Sparrow the true feminist uh is uh he he's he's a he's a we should all follow his example we should listen to all the all the 12 year old girls i knew that had jack sparrow trapper keepers and really use jack sparrow as an example the survivor fan in me has to point out that it is a historic two one 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 vote for pirate king (laughs) wow is it truly I mean, everyone else votes for themselves, and then Jack Sparrow votes for Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Wow. I, a majority vote. Historic uh, 21111. In the Survivor fan community, it's always shorthand. You say, like, oh, it was a, a, a 4 3 1 vote, and I can't believe that Tyler was voted off the island. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it's like that. Because, like, there's people, like, the thing that people talked about, talk about the most, pretty much in those, is. Uh, in the first season, when they first all got like at the, when the two tribes merged and they voted together, it was a four one 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 vote, and because they were the only people thinking strategically. And then the other one is a three two one vote, where like that's a whole other that could be a podcast the po- a podcast about three fields organizing the first three two one vote in survivor history is a podcast by itself uh, i think but- that is true it's a serial style mini series you look at it from every angle every possible position you talk to everyone involved on that show you know whatever camera people are fucking stomping around <laughs> the jungle uh uh following these people around i think that that is a great great idea and i am mad that i didn't think of it myself patented uh, patented <laughs> Uh, yes, I w- uh, we will soon get to the American television show community, yeah. but I am now recalling right after the Hunger Games, the CW put out a reality show called Capture, and it was hosted by an Australian man, so we always called it Captcha, and it came on right after the reboot of uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway?, and it was about like you know people tracking each other through the jungle. You had to you had to take out the the green team because you were the pink team, and it's a Hunger Games style like manhunt. But you the camera person is right next to these people at all times. Like you shouldn't be looking for the opponent. You should be looking for this guy carrying around four hundred pounds of camera equipment who is chasing the pink team around. There's a very similar, very short-lived show on CBS called Hunted, where uh, pairs of people were, like, tasked with the need to, like, be off the grid and not be found by government officials for, like, 30 (laughs) days or something. Uh, It was, I mean, it wasn't a great show, but it was 
pretty wild how dumb some of these people were. Uh, <laughs> it, it was it was I was entertained by it. I didn't I did not finish the show, but watching these like FBI agents or whatever like find these people trying to stay hidden from them was a pretty good concept for a show. I understand why it was not picked up though. Yeah, you and I both came up in sort of the reality TV boom. Like, reality TV was all over the place when you and I were growing. I never watched any of the good or popular ones. I never got into a uh, a Big Brother or a Survivor or The Amazing Race. Um, I'm intimately familiar with several terrible ones that lasted one or two seasons. There was one on ABC called The Family, and it was about this Italian-American family, and they had to compete to see who was the real king of the family. <laughs> and they, they were competing in all these challenges, uh, you know, father versus son, to who was the real top dog in this family. That sounds bad. Uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was no good. I watched every did, episode. Did you ever watch Kid Nation? Oh, no. That's where the kids start, like, a society, right? It's Kid Town? Yeah, they live in, like, a western village. I've been meaning to go back and watch it, because, unfortunately, it only lasted one season, but I was obsessed with it when it was on. Um, And then I... My sister would watch all those VH1 shows, but and I would, like, catch them, but I never, like, followed one throughout. And, obviously, when there was an ANTM marathon on, we would sit there and watch it all day long. Two nights ago, we watched another first film in a uh, movie trilogy that is near and dear to my heart. We watched the first Austin Powers movie, which recently came onto Netflix. Yes! Uh, The International Man of Mystery! Yeah. We were putting it on, and my friend asked, is this the spy who shagged me? And I said, no. This is the International Man of Mystery. Uh, Spy who shagged me is number two. Is your friend a a real... (laughs) fucking spy who shagged me stan i i hold up that that is the the best of the trilogy though i understand i'm in the minority there i think i would need to rewatch the second one because i can't is that oh that's what the island i mean i think that's, there's a lot of islands it's with the you're in the volcano island yeah you're yeah, austin travels back in time everyone goes back in time so you have rob Lowe as number two uh like a young version of robert wagner uh, you, you, you know, everyone goes back in time. That's where you get just the two of us, uh, with, uh, yeah, yeah Dr. Evil and Mini-Me. Uh, that is, of course, Felicity, or Felicity, Felicity Shagwell, Shagwell. Uh, My played sister by Heather and I went as Felicity Shagwell and Austin Powers for Halloween when I was five and she was seven. That is not uncomfortable. I am not off-put by that whatsoever. Uh, by your... <laughs> Your sister, as a child, dressing up as a character named Felicity Shagwell, who never wears pants, not one time. No. Did you uh, get her, like, a little crushed velvet jumper? (laughs) We looked exactly like the characters. Uh, Wow. Yeah. It was amazing stuff. Uh, We, I will, because, like, Austin Powers was, like, our favorite movie. So Why wouldn't it be? Yeah, I know. Uh, So we were very excited to dress up as them. I think Austin Powers, though rated PG-13, is best viewed when you are a child, when it's really more about sounds and funny voices than it is about <laughs> the sex jokes that you don't understand. I think it is much better viewed as, like, a, a naughty movie you shouldn't be watching rather than one meant for adults to watch. I think that that makes sense. But though we did have a lot of fun watching it uh, just this past <laughs> Saturday. I, I have never done 
the Lord of the Rings trilogy end to end to end, but I have done the Austin Powers trilogy <laughs> end to end to end one night cruising through uh, that box set that is still on my DVD shelves to this day. I see what you're saying. I just wanted to say also currently there, I mean, a couple, maybe a week ago, there was that psych character psychology quiz. Uh, and I was most like Pam from the office. So just saying like, you're saying a lot, you're coming at me indirectly in many ways and i'm not sure i appreciate it now i will tell you i did not share the results of this quiz because i found them uh abhorrent uh, my number one was also pam beasley uh oh. and uh and i uh i i i did uh throw my computer in the trash i have no what? issue with pam beasley i just don't want to be her oh i'm very i i love the comparison you embrace the pam of it all yes pam is a dear dear treasure to me uh, and this is actually a great unexpected segue into talking about the Thursday NBC comedy lineup of sitcoms. I can't believe you and I, two Bam Beasley's, were, were about to make the same segue to, to, <laughs> to speak about must-see TV NBC Thursday nights. NBC Thursday nights is when I transitioned my general love of, like, I never really thought about it, like, wanting to work in tv and like really appreciating tv and like like i didn't think of it as an overall spectrum it was more like cartoons anime like stuff like that but like being really focused on starting with 30 rock when it came out in 2006 and then getting into the office and then parks and rec and then community is like really when i started hyper focusing in on like loving 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 television yeah, uh, I, I followed a very similar trajectory because for a while, that NBC Thursday night comedy block was unstoppable. You know, uh, 30 Rock premieres in 06. Uh, so you're, and that is even, that's coming out a couple seasons into The Office. Office is, starts in 05. Uh, and right around there, Scrubs is fucking kicking at that time. My Name is Earl comes along shortly after. And you know what you got? If you got those four shows, you have an unstoppable comedy block. You are, you're a, you're fucking dynamite. And then they would always, you know, oh, Scrubs ended? Great. Let's bring in Parks and Rec, another great show. Oh, uh, My Name is Earl, we're canceled it? Well, here comes Community to fill that void in your soul. Get ready! And it was, it, it, it similarly, yeah. Yes, I became um, not only like I moved from cartoons to Entertainment Weekly, and and that became just a ravenous obsession. I I mean I feel like I've said NBC Comedy Thursdays like an unparalleled amount of times in my life to like anyone else. Uh, just like <laughs> I, because like I mean Thirty Rock, I I really went through like like having different favorites of the show of the shows i mean i feel and i feel like it's not crazy to say that the main four are 30 rock the office community and parks and rec and i i mean i started what i watched every episode of 30 rock basically live essentially uh and i never missed an episode and like was so obsessed with it from the very beginning but eventually like, throughout that like i loved the office more and then i loved thir uh parks and rec more than both of those shows but like 30 rock is my favorite show probably of all time uh, favorites that come at least obviously buffy the vampire slayer very formative in my television appreciation uh life but like i will say i'm coming at this podcast from i mean maybe a different angle than a lot of people i love community and i appreciate it a lot and there are a lot of things in it that i love wholeheartedly but i know it has like a fervor for some people that um it is not it's just not my 
pick of the four, and it would even be probably my fourth of the four. Wow, wow, wow. Explain where I'm coming from. Still a lot of appreciation, but it is it has never been the show for me in the ways that the other three have been. And don't even get me started about Outsourced, my favorite show that's ever existed. <laughs> uh, Sam's a big Outsourced guy. Sam's a big uh, animal hospital guy uh, where uh, they worked in a wacky vet and uh, one of the monkeys was a doctor. Uh, yeah, Sam's, Sam's big on those. I have seen every episode of 1600 Pen four times. <laughs> I remember when they tried to make a show centered around Josh Gad and America just shook its head slowly and said no. Yeah, well, they tried... Wasn't he on, like, a um, Stargate show, too? And, like, that show ended after a couple seasons? He's really hit his jive with being Olaf. Yeah, for being a guy that we all know, he's attached to a lot of things that are not particularly good. And I have nothing against Josh Gad. Josh... I'm happy for you, man. Book of Mormon, great job. Uh, He is is unfortunately a part of that generation of knockoff Jack Blacks, and none of the knockoff Jack Blacks really took off. Mm. He's also the LeFou in the Beauty and the Beast film. (laughs) Right, his his smart decision was, I'm going to be a Disney guy. Um, Which I understand not everyone is presented with that kind of opportunity, but him... Uh, he comes on to the live action scene. He comes on to the animated scene. He's going to be in that Artemis Fowl movie. His his decision was, I am going to be a Disney guy. I think that that's a wise decision for anybody who has the opportunity to make it. <laughs> yeah, I think if you want to be employed for the foreseeable future, being a Disney guy is not a bad way to go. But so even though, even though it's the your fourth of uh nbc thursdays and let me say those are good shows like there's nothing wrong with being fourth on nbc thursday nights in the 2000s but i am curious what is your your journey with this show you are you do you catch it in the 30 rock wave i watched it i i remember watching the pilot of it like the night it came out uh we I don't know if we didn't have DVR yet, but we were not recording it. Uh, And I know that because we were flipping back and forth between something else. And um, I, I, it's tough because I am in, I was in a household with some pretty quick to judge uh, television viewers Mm. and we half watched the pilot and it was branded as not a good show by certain people I was living with at the time in what 2009 and this was when i was just starting 10th grade so uh we just like i watched i was watching it here and there when i was able to control the television at whatever time it was on i feel like it was the eight o'clock show but maybe i'm making that up um and so it wasn't until later in the episode later in the season when my other friends started talking about a lot more I went back and watched the episodes I missed on Hulu, especially right, like, I think, like, right around when, um, a little before the paintball episode for actually happened, like, I think was when I actually, I started watching it, but that, uh, is a hazy memory, but I've, I've loved, I've really liked it since then, and I think that the paintball episode is the one, is where it really kicked off for me the first time, even though when I've gone back and rewatched it, I've, like, noticed that it, like, is itself so quick like just i just wasn't uh appreciative of it 
initially. For sure. Yeah, I think uh, even though it will secretly reveal himself to have, to have been a good show the whole time, the paintball episode is the fucking spark that that I think even even though the the show is never never has more viewership than it does in those first few episodes of season 1. The paintball episode is where the cultural consciousness became aware of community as a concept it's where we all suddenly are like wait what is this show is set at a a wacky community college and i don't think we're breaking ground saying this i think that uh that the the paintball paintball episode is is very good yeah much (laughs) beloved for very good reason i think all of the paintball episodes are good and i i i you know i you know i like the paintball episodes i'm here to say it i'm on the community podcast i'm gonna be honest with myself i the paintball episodes are enjoyable i think Pretty the star good. wars one might be my favorite the spy okay. one is good though i don't know it's just hard because well the star wars one is i am a huge abed annie guy so that ah, episode is okay. huge for me personally for sure um, that's the seminal episode for abed annie as a as a ship as an item well, I don't know because there's what's it called? They, there's the what the um, not it's the, the the when they do the like the cerebro not cerebro when they're in the dreamatorium yeah when they're in like, cerebro when they're looking for mutants right exactly um I had to get an X Men reference since me and Kevin were on a podcast <laughs> together uh so like I, there I have not gone back and done a full rewatch of Community ever but I those that's like a lasting memory of mine just because I. And so power, I was so powerfully taken with Abed and Annie. Uh, and that's just where I'm coming from. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a strong choice of ship. You don't get a lot of morsels in that ship. Certainly not to the same extent that you would get in a Jeff and Annie or, uh, or a Troy and Britta or Lord help you a Troy and Abed. Um, no, you, you're really clinging on to it's Annie is only interested in Abed as a sexual object when he is in character. When he is playing strong, emotionally distant men as part of his shtick, uh, she she likes him when he plays Don Draper. She likes Batman. She likes Han Solo. I don't know if she likes Abed. Oh, I be- I trust and believe in your opinion because I know you're so much more fluent in community than I am. That's just I just remember loving them when the show was first on um we're just discussing there's differences of opinion you know i i just staged a a twitter poll about the jeff winger waifu wars and we have fucking write-in candidates for abed and annie you are not alone you are not on your own yeah and this has come i mean i was it was really at the peak of my like online tumblr fan like i had a tumblr blog for so long uh and so like this shipping and ship wars and like really being appreciative of like very small moments between two characters that you had decided you are super (laughs) into being together was my bread and butter so it was not difficult for me to get attached to avid and annie in those days Absolutely. Shipping seems like a very stressful way to watch television. It seems like putting so much emotional investment in this complete non-guarantee that two characters are going to end up together. It just sounds, it sounds stressful. I've always been curious to, to talk to people that watch shows in that way. It is very stressful and tensions are high because like me and my friend Derek, who is my podcast co-host, uh have one like we've just been like talking on we've just been tweeting at each other once this happened a couple years ago and we were talking about 
uh, Jeff and Annie in a negative light. Not huge fan of the romantic side of that relationship. Uh, and like all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this guy who I guess is searching these terms specifically to have a fight, uh, like like starts tweeting at us about these like these. Are this guy who we he would have no idea we were even saying this sort of thing if he was not actively seeking it out. What is the purpose of that? But he starts tweeting at us like trying to argue with us about Jeff I and must, Annie. Being- I must defend this sixteen-year age gap relationship. <laughs> I must. I must search Twitter and find anyone that disagrees with me. Exactly, and that's just how it is with any show. Basically, if you're trying to talk about uh, relationships. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I sit here and I, and I, you know, I, with a framed picture of Sawyer and Juliet from Lost in front of me, and I, uh, I understand the, the perils of the, of the Shipper Wars, and it's vicious. The only more vicious circle to get yourself wrapped up in, um, is to say anything online about Star Wars whatsoever. It's just not worth it. It's never, it's never worth what's going to come out the other side. No, I, I I've taken a large step back from um, engaging in fandom online, and I like even I because I was on I was on the Survivor subreddit for a long time and would have like argue arguments very frequently on that too, and it's just like it's so not worth it at all, and it took me a really long time to like understand this about myself, and now I've like really pulled back and I don't get involved in like fandom politics or like anything along those lines even remotely anymore, which is like a huge was a huge step for me like in when i went in i think in 2018 like my number one resolution was to delete my tumblr blog uh and i did do that like in january of 2018 i think or maybe even maybe 20 2018 probably and so just like it it was it's it's great to release myself from like the stress and pressures of like this online social politics that doesn't matter at all uh, does not it, matter at all. And it's but so I, much more fun to just appreciate things uh, quietly and with, like, a group of friends that you already <laughs> vetted for, like, years and years and years on end. A group of fans that you... Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I uh, worked at a comic book store for several years, and you really had to be careful, like, what sentences or topics you bring up. Because if you dare bring up uh miss marvel you never knew if someone around you was about to get violently angry uh so you really had i knew there were certain co-workers that i'm like star wars is a no-go you and i are never going to talk about star wars because i'm afraid you're about to say the words forced diversity and i just i can't abide that sense of argument I'm that's sorry. my favorite force power <laughs> forced <laughs> when you walk into a room and you reach out to someone and they uh, 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 become a person of color. It's great. You change someone's sexual orientation with the Force. That's what Anakin was trying to do to Padme. Oh, I see. Oh uh, boy, that's some. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump away from this particular pit of lava. It seems like some dicey territory for a couple of Snow White uh, nerds to to be uh, talking, <laughs> talking about. about a Dan Harmon show. Uh, Absolutely, yeah, Dan Harmon, who also I mean uh, has some issues in these areas. Uh, we <laughs> we can maybe say I am not an authority. I try not to dismiss them as they arise, uh, but I can only. Uh, uh, take them as they come. I'm afraid I'm not an authority. Absolutely. I think that's a very fair way to live your life. 
that I'm like, you know what? I am not the authority here. I recognize that this show has like a a, a man of Vietnamese descent playing a Chinese guy. I understand. <laughs> you know, I understand that Danny Pudi is Indian and not uh, 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 Middle Eastern. And uh, it is not for me to say what is good and what is bad, but I can't just say like, no, it's not an issue. I ignore it. <laughs> Even extending beyond, you know, uh, community, what is her name? Alison Brie playing uh, the character in Bojack Horseman. Diane Wynn, yeah. Diane, yes, playing Vietnamese. Voice actors get away with that a lot easier than live action actors. I mean, obviously it's harder to get away with it in live action. Um, But voice actors seem to have, I don't know about a pass, but certainly more leniency in that area. And I'm not, who's to say if that's right or if that should be that way. Yeah. I mean, I won't, I don't, I, cause like, I, I mean, just not that this is the same thing at all. It's just the only thing that I can speak about, but it's like people talking about when straight actors play gay characters. And again, I'm not saying that this is the same and will not, I, cause I know that a lot of people would say that like, absolutely not like a Vietnamese person should play the Vietnamese character. So like that's and I I agree it would be so much better in that way like I just think it's the rep- the representation is only skin deep if it's being portrayed by someone who doesn't have that experience or isn't that experience um I'm not sure I like am entirely in agreement about that with gay and straight characters because I mean even just like to precede this podcast i told i tweeted at your this podcast page that like paul Tompkins should play gay more because i think that he is so hilarious in that episode like that he is so good in that role where he's flirting with abed for so long and he uh doesn't go home with him it's hilarious but uh, how do you not realize that a man is hitting on you oh i noticed i just really like talking about farscape <laughs> so good uh and it's a rare non-mustached pft so and and they have the, that episode is also with tig in it too as the bartender yeah Uh, some great lgbt stuff going on it's an excellent la comedy scene episode (laughs) mixology certification my favorite episode of the show uh spoilers for future episodes uh yeah that's my number one uh yeah uh season two oh it's like season two episode nine or ten uh but yeah mixology certification when they go to the bar it's a perfect little character episode and my my issue with uh, the original paintball episode, which is brilliant, is that uh, Troy and Annie and Pierce are taken out, like, right away. Like, we barely get any of them in that episode. And I think if you're going to call something the best episode of Community, it should be a big ensemble episode where everyone is there virtually the whole time. That is my that is my personal hot take and why I maybe prefer the second pair of paintball episodes where it's a Western and then it's a Star Wars because everyone gets to hang out basically until the very end. I think that that is a great point to make. And I want Can't wait to, to argue it on the show. <laughs> Can't wait. I think that makes a lot of sense because there, I mean, there's famous, I mean, I feel like the reason people know the term bottle episode is because the bottle episode of community. Absolutely. I, that was not, I think a commonly held term until that. And so, you know, you're looking at a show like lost and you're like, okay, the Constant is an amazing piece of television, but it's basically just Desmond and a little Saeed. Can that be the best episode of Lost if it's only about these two people? It's crazy. It's tough. It, 
it's it's up to everyone's own decisions i think at that point because i under, i completely understand your school of thought where it might not be an episode of community if it's like specific if it's just abed and annie like that makes your your thinking makes sense to me i've never really thought about it like that before uh but and i don't think that i would hold that idea in, in thinking of my favorite episodes of different tv shows i don't have a specific example but i don't think that that would weigh on my mind if it was just like a two character episode because i mean like j- like in the west wing there's that episode where sam and toby i think maybe or josh mm-hmm. and toby are like in the heartland and they can't get back to dc for like 72 hours and that's a great episode of the west wing even though they're like traveling around or whatever and yeah i i think that that's a great caveat in the paintball episode the original i it, listen it truly doesn't matter you know you <laughs> everyone can have their own favorite episode of community and uh fighting about which is better in anything above playful is silly and just you should just enjoy whatever your favorite episode of the dang show is and that's okay absolutely it, it was, it was everybody fucking chill. that you introduced me to yeah it's my own uh dumb paradigm uh, that I am stuck on in uh, my my anal obsession with pop culture. And it truly doesn't matter. It's it's the <laughs> lowest stakes idea in the entire world. But I'm like, can it truly be the best episode of Scrubs if it's, if it's taking place from Todd's perspective? Can it be, you know, it's <laughs> Sam Stanish. We yes. have brought you on here. I think this is the first <laughs> moment where I'm saying your name. I'm very good at podcasting. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's funny. But tell us, tell us a little bit about uh, where the people can find you, your own uh, pods and projs. Top of, oh yeah, okay, top, uh, I am Sam Stanish, I am on Twitter and Instagram as Sam Stanish, but most importantly, I have two podcasts, Uh, I talk about straight culture, heterosexual people with my best friend, Joe McMahon, who I've I can't remember when we started recording, but I'm pretty sure I've mentioned him on the episode. Uh, he, we are more currently, than zero times. Yeah, yeah, we are currently living in my childhood home together, still podcasting as much as we release every Thursday, and but we haven't been able to have guests because we only have live guests on that podcast, so we've really only been uh, talking to each other for the last couple of weeks. But that's still been great. Uh, it's fun. We just pick a topic of the week and then we. We talk about that usually with a guest, sometimes just by ourselves for the last month, just by ourselves. And we, I also, well, that that show is called Word on the Straits. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think you got around to the name. I don't want anyone to miss it. Word, it's like Word on the Streets, but it's Straits. You see, it's very, it's very clever. It's very. Your streets Thank ahead you for... on that one. Thank you for catching me and allowing me to say the name of the thing i'm trying to promote uh which this is great and then i also do a podcast about survivor and other like i do big brother and other reality tv shows but mainly survivor uh called the bitter jurors and i do that with my online friend derek reining who we met on tumblr like nine years ago maybe and like basically have talked every day uh and we both got into survivor around the same time and now we talk about it every week on survivor and i had never spoken to him like in real time at all before we did the first uh episode of this season of podcasting because we this we just started doing it and so it was like really it's been really interesting to like hear his voice and like talk to him (laughs) even though we've been friends for like nine years uh so it's funny 
but yeah, I do bitter jurors and word on the straits, and I also tweet more than I should for my mental health. Uh, that is excellent. Uh, I uh, those are those are two uh, fine pods. I listen to word on the straits every week, and it's nice to to keep up. Uh, with my friends while we are separated like this. And it was very nice talking to you. Uh, we didn't uh, hit on community all that much, but community is this lovely gateway to all of pop culture because community is obsessed with pop culture and constantly references it. Uh, so it's beautiful to be able to talk about the NBC Thursday night lineup in depth with someone. A- an idea that is archaic and completely dispelled like no one is sitting down at their tv i mean not no one but no one is listening to this is sitting down at their tv for their nightly appointment of tv anymore that's no. just the 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 thursday night comedy block is an idea as it's fucking dinosaur bones it's so they are old. not but kevin they are i mean tv ratings are way up right now over the past month due to quarantine everyone's like, watching their parents their cable ratings like a in years and years and years because people are actually home for it um I, that's this funny that you are that you are wrapping up the show and i did not realize uh because i thought that you had me plug at the beginning of this discussion i thought we were about to start talking about the episodes of the we community. finally about to talk yeah. about community i mean if you want to keep going i i got nothing on the agenda i also um, have nothing to do i i thought we i th- i thought i mean the debate episode not to just you know Let's take, do it. Stop the ending of the show. And if get, you got things to, to say, I, well, say just, I watched these two episodes today. Uh, the debate episode and the environmental science episode. I thought that the environmental episode, especially compared to the debate episode, was an extremely sloppy half hour of television. I thought it. I, I thought that the debate episode was so so good, and like I really I liked it in the moment of the guy in the wheelchair launching himself at Jeff and then declaring man is good. And then Jeff dropping him man is bad. Like I, I that's been stuck in my mind since the moment I watched it for the first time. Uh, and I, I thought that the whole episode was very well done, even though it is Jeff Annie in ways that I, it, is this the first episode? It's the that, first like, Jeff Annie. This is where Jeff Annie begins. Cause up until now it's Jeff Britta and it's Annie Troy. Yeah. Um, and it is two, unrequited loves that are just like, you know, we've kind of been hitting the same beats for fucking eight episodes now. This is the first episode where we fucking shake things up and it, uh, rules. It's very, even I am, I am not, I'm not against Jeff and Annie. It's not my favorite of the primary candidates for Jeff Winger's heart. Annie is my third choice. Who are Um, the, uh, who are the, let's see, what's your ranking? So Annie is third. Uh, Britta is second. Uh, I just think they're so similar, and I love their their repartee. They just have this wonderful rapport. Uh, but my number one is Professor Slater, uh, who does not appear in these two episodes you just watched. Uh, only appears in, like, five episodes overall, but just makes fucking perfect sense for Jeff Winger. I think <laughs> but she I disappears after this season. Um, what are I? This is contra- controversial, but I'm sure you'll touch on it many times throughout your podcasting venture, and uh, what is the overall thought on the character assassination of Britta? The character assassination of Britta? Yeah, I uh, feel like they really do our, do our girl dirty here. Old Gillian Jacobs. They like. I feel like they really throw her to the wind very quickly in this show. So you are a big fan of early Britta, and you uh, do not like the direction that they take her in. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to get a semblance of where you're coming from. Yeah, I feel like since they 
sort of make her a total joke in ways that is just not in the early stages of the show uh and sort of just like i don't think that they are very respectful of her at almost any point (laughs) they uh the strategy and uh, i i did not coin this term but the strategy they use because britta i i do not think that early britta is unlikable but the idea is that early on she's very stringent she's very preachy and that could be read as unlikable even though i think you know pierce is much more unlikable um but uh britta the idea becomes that they charlie brown her is that you are you are going to be on her side if everyone is constantly dunking on her uh which is her position for the rest of the show she keeps her um you know her 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 fervent impotent passions and her societal changes uh but she never truly uh, uh, her her bit becomes not being very good at things, even though Britta proves herself competent uh, many times when the floor is made of lava and she's riding a giant <laughs> fucking balloon. She can paintball with the best of them. Um, Britta uh, is my favorite character on the show. Britta is my number one. Uh, nice. And a lot of that is Gillian, who is incredible. A, 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 a truly phenomenal comedic actor. Uh, and part of it is uh, I like this direction that they take her in but the you the fandom is divided uh and we each represent one of those two sides here on uh the debate episode of advanced community <laughs> studies the some people really do not like britta and the direction they take her some people like me uh i i think it's very interesting and i think uh they they get a lot of comedic running out of where they take britta to uh but apparently you know others others disagree uh, once again, I you know maybe this is maybe this now that it's on Netflix, maybe Community is worth a rewatch for me so that I can have firmer thoughts on the characters and what they do with them that were not formed ten to <laughs> ten ish years ago. Yeah, ten years ago. That could be an interesting uh, way for me to spend my quarantine. There, I think there are worse ways. <laughs> Absolutely, and I, I, very, I very much enjoyed rewatching both episodes. I thought both of them had great stuff going on in them even though i did not i don't know what it was about the environmental science episode i did not connect to it i thought that the storylines were all very disparate and it's sloppy it doesn't even though the musical element at the end makes you think the the storylines are tied together but they are truly three completely separate storylines Whereas the best episodes of Community, like the debate episode, which is the best episode so far uh, along this rewatch, everything convalesces together. And so you can have Abed standing outside the debate stage and three different groups of people walk by and include him as their plot lines are resolved simultaneously. (laughs) Uh, And you, you can wrap up uh, Abed's, uh, you know, films, which are uh, a runner throughout the episode, within the Jeff and Annie plotline, and that is what this show is fucking so good at when it's firing out on all, all cylinders, is is bringing these disparate elements and tying them together in unexpected ways so that these endings feel so good and so cathartic. And environmental science is it's a, it's sloppy. It's like, oh, I don't know, Shirley has to give a speech in night class and we have one scene of pierce telling her how to do that and then she does it <laughs> yes yeah. that is the extent of that plot line i agree the, i mean the music of community is 
so good. Also, I didn't want to get. I wanted. Oh, like uh, what's it called? Greendale is what? What is a? What is that song called? Greendale is a place you call home or whatever uh, that they use to rap. Like it's like doo 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 doo. Oh yeah. Uh, the, is, when they want to underscore like a sweet or emotional moment. Greendale is where I belong. Uh, is I didn't know a, it had a name. I mean, I guess yeah, it has to. That is um, a song that's been on anxiety playlists for me for a really long time. And if that ain't some fucking to- aughts era <laughs> acoustic guitar. Yeah, so good. Great, great music. Uh, the musical episode of Glee and all the music in the Christmas episodes are so good, too. I mean, I meant community. I was the musical also, episode of Glee was very yeah, interesting. A, a, was, a real break from the form. I know. Uh, um, I recently appeared on uh, a Glee podcast as well called The Choir Room. So if you want to hear my thoughts on season one, episode of 13, sectionals, you can find it there too. <laughs> oh, sectional. What's the run? What's the, what's the, what's their slate at sectionals? What do they sang? What's it called? Don't rain on my parade. And then mm. they think something else that I don't remember. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> the season ender is all the journey. They they yes. bring it back together. They bring back uh, a terrible song that Glee reinvigorated into the popular consciousness. Uh, don't stop believing. Uh, we thank you, Glee. Thank you, the cover of that song by Glee for playing all the time. I appreciate you. Uh, season one of Glee. That's a show I'll stand up for. That's a show that I will I will go to the table for. I recently rewatched season one of Glee, enjoyed it. Yes, I, I also did the same thing going into the episode when I was rewatching it for the, my the podcast. I was thinking it was the finale regionals, but it oh. ended up being sectionals. Regionals being a hilarious part of the Glee world that they pull for the Glee episode of Community, where they just always talk about regionals. Uh, so good. What is all of the music in that episode is hilarious. Yeah, uh, the the community is such a great musical show because you have all these original bits of score, like uh, the the uh, Gorenson original that you just played, um, and then anytime it wants to break out a great original song or for some reason remix uh, the song from an American Tale at the end of an episode, uh, they just go for it, and that's a that's a beautiful musical uh, 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 territory that it occupies. And you're in season one of Community, where they could afford popular songs, where they could afford <laughs> to license music and play it on their show, which will fade out pretty quickly. They commit hard on Community, and I appreciate that a lot. I appreciate that. I mean, when you got fucking Ludwig Göransson doing your damn music, I, I think... do not know who that is. Oh, he um, uh, he does. He did the score for Black Panther. He did a lot of he does a lot of work with Childish Gambino. He's just like a great composer, and I think he is an excellent composer on the television show Community. All those little stings like ba down down when you cut to commercial or like these like bass lines that he'll walk as we enter his scene. It's just oh, what a beautiful show. I like this show, Sam. I think it's a good I'm- one. I'm glad that you're doing this podcast. This is a great cause, getting people to watch Community. I hope it has a resurgence in the way that many all these shows do and they go on a popular streaming site. I hope so as well. I mean, hey, Community's cracked the top 10 for the last, like, 19 days, so I think we're, I think we're sitting pretty. Uh, I the actually, Netflix top 10. 
It actually will probably do the same for me because I'm pretty sure that I have not finished the Yahoo Vibe uh, season of the show or whatever that Yahoo Screen. Was. Yeah. Uh, the the platform that community launched and killed. Yeah. <laughs> it's what an amazing 13-week rise and fall. I do not think I watched all of the Paget Brewster episodes, so oh, maybe I should. But she's so fucking good. I know. On this yeah. show. Should I rewatch Community? I already have so many things I'm watching in quarantine, uh, but maybe I'll start putting it on. Here's the thing. It's not going anywhere. There's True. no There's no rush. There's no need to panic. Community's not going anywhere. You can always just sink sink right back into that warm little blanket. It's okay. That's good to know and good to hear and good to remind myself of in these yeah. trying times. In these times of hardship, don't don't panic. You've got time. Like, <laughs> realistically, you know, if you're a New York resident, things aren't really going to kick back in until July. So you've got time. True. And July is like the earliest estimate. That's like, yeah. that's me being generous. Keep an eye on my Twitter for forthcoming uh, community thoughts. <laughs> yeah, follow Sam Stanish. S- Sam Stanish if you want to know if Sam decides to watch Community. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to go do right now. Watch Community or follow me? Yes. It's about time I followed you back. You've been tweeting at me, uh, Team Followback, for years, yeah. and I just haven't done it. I'm so glad that I... Uh, finally, after various podcast appearances together, you're going to uh, hashtag team follow back me. Whenever no one you, wants me to talk about Survivor, Survivor, but I will. Yeah, yeah. You, you, have a, you have an open invitation to guest. <laughs> Thank you. Just tell me what I need to watch. Uh-huh. <laughs> do, do I need to catch up on 30 seasons of Survivor? <laughs> hey, you make a joke, but we are actually currently podcasting about the 40th season of Survivor. Oh, I thought I was doing a big number, but I was in fact doing a small number. This has been a Talk Back Podcast.